Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. It's time to study the word. Uh, good evening. Good evening. Welcome to Go Church Bible Study, our online Bible study. Uh, we are uh, excited. Well, I'm so grateful. I just have to say this. Uh, Sunday was awesome. Uh, you know, everyone, just your expressions meant so much to me. It fueled me. Uh, just gave me a lot of fuel in a time when we probably needed it the most. So, so thank you so much uh, for everyone as you shared in your various ways. So uh, I don't want to prolong our time. We started with a little music. Uh, know God like Jehovah. Uh, and that is uh, definitely the truth. And so I'm going to get right to it. I'm going to pray. Uh, I want to say also thank you for those that are praying uh, with us and for us. Uh, as you uh, know that we've had some things going on in our family, uh, and I say things now because there's uh, more than one situation, uh, so there's even another. So please continue to lift us up. Uh, I, I heard someone make the statement uh, relating regarding to uh, mental health. Uh, one of the statements was made was check on those that are strong check on the strong because sometimes the strong is just expected to just bear it and keep going but sometimes we got to check on those that are strong as well right so let me pray for us uh there are many of you uh just like us we are going through things but you are as well uh we you may have some things that are going very good we don't want to ever overlook what god is doing great in our lives we don't always want to be in a default to what is going on wrong, okay? Uh, or what is going on that is difficult. Not necessarily wrong, because God can get great things out of turbulent and difficult times, amen? So uh, it produces perseverance, it makes us better. Uh, so uh, I just want to take this time and just uh, pray and praise God at this moment before we start. And those, as you're getting ready, uh, if you don't remember, uh, we're going to John chapter two, and starting in verse 13. So that's what we're talking about tonight. Uh, John chapter 2, verses 13 through verse 24. So uh, please, let's bow your hearts before the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your mercy today. Lord, this is the day that you've made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it, Father. Thank you, Father, for the privilege of being able to read your word, uh, to discuss your word, Father God, and Lord, uh, this word, God, that you're going to give us tonight, Father, continue just as you have been uh, illuminated, God, allow us to see it in a real and a refreshing way. So, Father, we pray for you that, that we will be recipients of something special tonight. Father, some may consider this, oh, this is just another Bible study night. But, Lord, I pray, God, it is not just another night. But, God, that you will do something special in our lives and in our hearts with the seed of the word being planted in the soil of our lives, Father. So God, you know, your word says, Father, the person that abides by your word, God, we are like a wise man who built his house on a rock. Yes. So Father, let our families be built on the rock of your word as we study. Don't let this word just be uh, contained only to our own personal lives. But Father, as we study your word, Lord, let us have a lives, God, that will even strengthen the foundation of people's lives around us. So Father, I pray God that you will just move and God, we thank you Father for the great things that you're doing in our lives. We thank you God for every blessing. We thank you for every job. We thank you for every car, every home. Father, thank you for every meal that sits on our tables, God. Father, we thank you for these things, Father. Thank you, God, even for clean drinking water, Father. Lord, these seems like uh, counting every little blessing, but God, how major is a blessing when we don't have water, God? Lord, how major is a blessing when we don't have clean water, Father? So, God, these things we count as little blessings, Father. Thank you because they are major. And so, Father, we thank you for everything that you are doing and have done in our lives, God, and that you brought us this far, Father. And so, God, but Lord, there are some, Father, even as ourselves, God, we're going through some difficulties. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, that you will touch the heart, God, of uh, my family, Lord, as we've lost a family member, God. We have a family member that's sick, that's very ill, Father. We pray for uh, them. We pray, God, for our 
Uh, all those that are around us, Father, we pray, God, for every person on this call, God, every person who will watch this even later, Father, I pray that this prayer would even be as real to them, God, even at a later time, that you will bless them, that you will bless their family, that you will bless their lives, God, that you will bless their mind, Father. Father, I pray, God, for every mind that is congested, Lord, with difficulties and things and thoughts and trauma. God, I come against it in the name of Jesus, God, Lord, that people would have minds and mental mentalities, God, that are healthy, Father. I come against the spirit of doubt. I come against the spirit of negativity. I come against the spirit, God, of that I am not enough, God. And I speak, God, joy. I speak peace on the minds of your people, God. Lord, I speak mental wholeness, Father God, and mental health, God, Lord, in the lives of your people, Father. Lord, those that have been tormented by their past, those that have been tormented by negative things, God, I come against it, and I speak joy in the hearts of your people, Father. Lord, that we have a mind that we are a valuable, God, to you and in your kingdom, Father. So, God, every person that feels that they are not enough, God, I speak Speak to that now that they are enough, Father, Lord, because we are in you, Father. And when we are in you, God, we have all that we need, Father, and we are who we need to be, Father. So, God, we just thank you for this time. Thank you for uh, this word, God. Would you open up your word in a very special way? And, Lord, the special things we've done in our lives tonight, now. Father, we just ask that in the name above every single name, the name of Jesus, we pray. We say together, amen. 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 So tonight, and please excuse the cap, we are just getting off the road straight into a Bible study. Uh, we walked in the house and my wife was setting it up for us to have Bible study night. So, okay, so let's go to John chapter two. John chapter two. Remember on last, last week, we talked about Jesus uh, in John chapter two, one through 12. We talked about Jesus turning water into wine. Jesus turning water into wine. And I know that, man, listen, that, that we've heard that a whole lot. Uh, but man, I know it was real, wasn't it? It was very real to us on last week. And so one of the takeaways from last week was Mary says to them, when they come, when they come to Jesus and Mary comes to Jesus and she said, Jesus, they have no wine. He says, woman, what did I have to do with thee? It's not my hour yet. Uh, but listen to this. And so she doesn't even really mind what Jesus is saying because she's the mama, right? But she, he's still the Lord. But she says to them, whatever he says, do it. Whatever he said, do it. Isn't that a message for us even today? Whatever the Lord says, do it. Okay. And so, uh, so yeah, so we saw the word just unfold. And, uh, and then at verse 12 says, uh, you know, after this, he went down to Capernaum. Uh, he, his mother, his brothers, and his disciples, and they did not stay there many days. Okay. So verse 13 picks up because we always want to know the context, right? So you got to know the pretext to understand the context, right? So the, and the context to, uh, to understand the text. So let's look. So in verse 13, it says this, and we'll read just the whole, the whole passage and we'll come up and break it down verse by verse. Y'all like verse by verse, verse by verse is good. That means you can't hide nothing. You can't do anything you want to do with the word. The word will speak for itself, right? So verse 13 says, now the Passover of the Jews was at hand. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Where did he go? He went up to Jerusalem, verse 14, and he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. Okay, so you got people that are selling animals, then you got the money changers, okay? Verse 15, when he had made a whip of cords. Okay, so this is some of the part that we don't talk about about Jesus right here. When he made a whip of, uh, a whip of cords, he drove them out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers money and overturned the table. Uh-huh. Verse 16. And he said to those who sold doves, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Mm -hmm. Verse 17. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up, or when we look at the translation, will eat me up, okay? Verse 18, it says, so the Jews answered and said to him, what sign do you show to us since you do these things? Mm -hmm. 
Verse 19, Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple. Look how he responds. Destroy this temple, and in three days, I will raise it up. Then the Jews said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? Verse 21, but he was speaking of the temple of his body right? Verse 22, therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said, okay? So, verse 23 and through 25, it says, now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. Verse 24, but Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men. And verse 25, and had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. All right. So let's just go at the top. We're going to go verse 13, and we're going to work our way down. So now the Passover of the Jews was at, was at hand. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem, okay? So now, this is after the wedding feast, okay? And this is after uh, he leaves uh, Capernaum. It says, now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Uh-huh, he went up to Jerusalem. Okay, so now, we got to give this background, okay? So when we talk about the Passover, remember what I talked about. Uh, I've been saying this in our, in our study on John. Uh, remember, and I, I like to be redundant, y'all, because that's the way we get it, okay? So we know the four Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, okay? The first three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are what are called the synoptic Gospels. They are synoptic because they share most of the same stories, just kind of with a different perspective. But they share the same events. They share a lot of the same stuff. And so when we look at this idea, again, remember, John, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they focus on what Jesus did, and I, I wish y'all would say that at, at home, and just, but John focuses on what? Okay, I, I just want you to say it at home. You can stay muted, but I want to make sure you know that Matthew, Mark, Luke, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they focus on what Jesus did. John, when he writes about Jesus, he focused on G, who Jesus is. Okay, remember, Jesus, John, his main theme throughout his, uh, his, his, his testament is that Jesus is God. Okay, don't get it twisted. This, this guy is God. Okay, so when we look at this, so now the Passover, remember when we talked about that in the New Testament, it's going to refer to things in the Old Testament. Okay, remember the word testament means promise. So in the Old Promise, uh, you know, it's going to refer to uh, uh, the things that are in the New Testament. The New Testament is going to point back to the Old Testament. And what is it doing? It's agreeing. That's what it is. It's agreeing. In the Old Testament, there are uh, shadows. There are things, uh, the Bible calls them shadows and things to come. Okay? So when you talk about a Passover lamb, and that's what we're going to talk about right now, just to get us to understand what is Jesus doing, okay? That is pointing at Jesus. Even though it was in the Old Testament, Okay, so look, so what is the Passover? Okay, the Passover was when uh, the, the, the children of Israel were in Egypt and God had sent Moses to tell Pharaoh, y'all know the song, let my people go, you know, let the people go, let his people go that they may worship him, right? So when Moses go and tell Pharaoh that God said, let my people go, okay, there's an issue. Pharaoh want to do his own thing. He don't want to listen to God. He's doing his own thing. And so God had to actually uh, begin to send plagues so that the Pharaoh would do what he said he'd do and he released his people because God sent Moses because the Bible says in, in uh, the book of Exodus that the Bible says that God heard the cry of his people. He heard how the Egyptians, because of how uh, the children of Israel were growing so fast, they wanted to kind of suppress them because they were growing too strong. And they thought that, hey, if we continue to let these people grow like this, they are going to overtake us. They're going to overtake us. They're going to have more people than we have in Egypt. And then they're going to be the voice. So they wanted to suppress them. So they put them in slavery. They put them in bondage. And then when they were still prospering and still blossoming and flourishing, they put them under heavier burdens or even more burdens or more bondage. 
Okay, so the Bible says God heard their cry. So God, in, in turn of hearing their cry, he responded by sending Moses to let the people go. Pharaoh would not let them go like God asked him to do. So God had to send plague. So listen to this. So one of the things that was going to happen was the firstborn of every home, the firstborn child, listen to this, they were going to die. They were going to, God had to allow that to happen because they would not hear God's a request that his people be set free. So what they did was, but he says, take a, a, a lamb and I want you to sacrifice a lamb. I want you to kill that lamb. And I want you to take the blood of that lamb and take it and take that blood and put it on the doorpost of all of the children of Israel's home, because the death angel is going to come and it's going to take that firstborn. Okay. Now look at that y'all. Can you see the can you see the metaphor there? Can you see the typology? It's going to take the firstborn. Who's the firstborn of the righteous? Jesus is God's firstborn son for, for, that will save the world from sin. Watch this. So when the death angel would come to that house, it would see the blood on the doorpost. And instead of going and entering that house and taking the firstborn, that blood would be a sign that that is God's people. So the death angel would not enter that house. He would pass over. So that's where the idea of Passover comes from. It's God miraculously uh, 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 saving, uh, sparing the children of Israel's homes from this tragedy, from this uh, penalty that they are going to face because they are not hearing the voice of God or hearkening uh, to the voice of God. So you have the Passover, okay? So now when we look at this idea of the Passover, then God gives a command that the Passover is supposed to be celebrated, okay? By the children of Israel, that they will always remember the grace of God that he had for them during this time. So listen, so that's the Old Testament but so here we go in the New Testament. What is Jesus doing? Because Jesus never denounces the law. He follows the law and he fulfills the law. Mm -hmm. So that law, that law that God asked for, that they would celebrate the Passover, guess what Jesus is not going to do? He's not going to break one of the laws. Why? So because it comes from heaven, it comes from him and he's God, y'all. So he, 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 we see here in verse 13, now the Passover the Jews were at hand and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Okay, what is he doing? He's going to observe the Passover that God asked that all Jews, you know, observe this Passover. And so that's what he's doing, celebrating how God delivered the children of Israel. And so Jesus participated in that. Okay, so verse number 14, I said a lot, y'all, in that one scripture, but I want us to really understand the Passover and what this is about. Okay, verse 14, and he found in the temple, now, as he's going to the Passover, right? He's in Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. And when he get there, he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business, business, okay? So remember, when you would go uh, to the Passover to celebrate the Passover, you had to bring a sacrifice, okay? So you got to bring a sacrifice. And man, I could preach about this. I love preaching about this sacrifice. So when we look at this, that means that when you bring a sacrifice, guess what you can't do? You can't bring something that's dead. You can't bring a dead sacrifice. So you have to bring something that is live so that there will be shed blood from a live animal because this was God's Levitical law. This was the law that God put in place. And this is what he requ requested. Now, so, uh, so, but even in the New Testament, we look at Jesus, for the wages of sin is death, which means these animals have to be killed on behalf of the sin of that man and that man's family. Mm -hmm. So listen to this. So when we look at this, for the wages of sin is death, that means that because of sin, Jesus had to die. So when they would bring these sacrifices, guess what that was? That was typology. It was pointing toward Jesus who would have to die for our sin. Am I being clear? I mean, this is, are we getting there? Okay, so in verse 14, and, we, and he found 
uh, in the temple, those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves, who were going to have to sacrifice these things as a part of worship, a part of the Levitical law, a part of uh, uh, um, the Passover, celebrating the Passover. So they would have to kill these animals. Now, if someone is traveling from a long way, most likely, if they're traveling for a long way, their sacrifices will possibly die. Mm -hmm. So what they had begun to do was they would buy their sacrifices, their animals, once they got to Jerusalem, okay? So now when we look at this idea of, of, of Jerusalem and the Passover, now there, there, it has been said that uh, that was probably, uh, I mean, uh, a quarter million people. Uh, you know, so when we talk about this, uh, no, no, as many as two and a quarter million Jews uh, to be assembled right there in Jerusalem. So this is a lot of people. And so when people have a lot of people, understand this, this is because this is this is the Bible, but it's also current. When businesses understand that a population is coming to a particular place, guess what they're going to do? They're going to put stores where they know people are coming. So here it is. What are these people doing? Because of the two and a quarter million people that are probably going to come for the Passover, guess what they're doing? They're selling animals. That's not really a problem because that helps with the convenience of doing what you're supposed to do. But here it is right here. My dad's going to eat this up. He's sitting in here. He's going to eat this up. But not only were they selling the animals, but they were price gouging. Because my dad has a serious problem about people price gouging with gas. <laughs> he, he hates the gas gouging. So these people were sacrifice gouging. So they were selling the animals so high because the worshipers needed animals. So it was supply and demand. So, hey, we got what you need. You got to pay this price. And so that was one of the things that's wrong. So that's wrong, right? You're taking advantage of people who need you. Okay. So how, how does that apply to us a lot, even right now? I mean, in our own lives, we got to be careful that we don't take advantage of people who need us. All right, right. Lord, yes, you're right. You're right. So when we look at this, uh, verse 14, and he found in the temple those who sold oxen, sheep, so the, so the animals, okay, so y'all see the problem with that, right? They're selling these animals because people need them so they can do their sacrifice. But listen, they sell them at a high rate. So they're sacrifice gouging, okay? This is not gas gouging, but they're sacrifice gouging. So, okay, that's one thing. But here's another thing that Jesus was upset with because now, not only are they, they're selling the animals for, for higher prices that people uh, can sacrifice, but they also, it talks about, you heard, you, I know y'all heard, y'all heard in Sunday school, those that, you know, have been to Sunday school, some of you are not, that's okay. That's why we're teaching this so slow and methodically that everyone can get it. Watch this. But also the money changers. Okay. So when you come to the temple, watch this. There was a certain type of money you had to have a certain coin that you had to have. And so what they were doing, you had money changers who were selling the coins for more than the value of that particular coin. They were, they were coin gouging, if, we, if you will. So all of this was, and, and so here it is, and I, I want us to see this. So when he had made a whip, uh, uh, no, no, sorry. Let's go back to 14. So oxen and sheep, and doves, and then the money changes doing business. So look at this. Look at what is happening here. It is taking the emphasis off of worshiping God. It is taking the emphasis off of focusing on what God had done. Remember what the Passover is about. It is about remembering the grace that God has shown his people, uh, Israel, as he was getting them out of Egypt, as he was freeing them from their slavery, as he was freeing them from their bondage. Watch this right here. And I want us to see this, you know, because, man, I want to keep going, but I got to stop and say a lot of time our Egypt, our Egyptian bondage is the sin in our lives. Hmm. Our Egyptian bondage is the issues that we have, the things that, remember on Sunday, we talked about certain things that we, we're, we're okay with giving up to God, but then there are certain things like, God, I don't want to give this up, though. I like this. This is good to my flesh. It feels good. I like it. It tastes good. I enjoy it. You got what I'm saying? Watch this. Okay, so that is slavery. And so God has, uh, has sent our very own, watch the typology, he sent our very own Moses, whose name is Jesus. 
He sent our very deliverer to set us free from this bondage. Remember that, again, the Passover is about celebrating God's grace and deliverance. And so the emphasis of God's grace and deliverance, how we've been set free, it is taking that. It is taking that away from us. And now there are other things. Watch this right here. When we look, there are other things that are in the way of our worship hindering us. And so here it is. That's what Jesus is upset about. Watch this. He's upset that it's taking the emphasis off worshiping God and thanking him. Why? How many times do we go to church? How many times we go worship and the emphasis is not on worshiping God. The emphasis is on what type of clothes people got on. The emphasis is about the man that's actually speaking. The emphasis is about those that are singing and it becomes entertainment rather than worship. Here it is. We have to be careful because those are the type of things that Jesus will turn the table over when you take the emphasis off of God and the worship of our God and thanking him for deliverance. Here it is. So uh, verse number 15, here it is. Let me show you how upset Jesus is when he had made a whip of cords. Okay, Jesus making a weapon. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. Y'all don't want to talk about that. Y'all don't want to just talk about the Jesus that walked around with the, with the cloud over his head and the soft music playing in the background. No, Jesus was angry. He was angry. And that's why we, we the Bible tells us that we, are, we can be angry, but sin not. So even Jesus is angry, but this is called righteous indignation. This is a righteous anger. Oh, yeah. Verse 15, when he had made a whip of cords, watch what he did. He drove them out, all out of the temple. Y'all hear that? Jesus kicked them out of church. <laughs> he put them out with a cord in his hand. He threw the dough. He, he, he put all the animals out. He took the money changers' money and shook it on the ground, threw it away. You know what I'm saying? Not throwing it away, but you know what I mean. He's getting rid of it. And not he didn't just stop there. Because that would have been enough. I mean, Jesus doing this, hey, I'm done. I'm gone. Okay, y'all have it. Matter of fact, y'all don't even want the coins. Y'all keep them. But then he takes and turns the table over. Wow. Look at the anger and remember what caused Jesus to feel this way. Misdirected worship. Misdirected focus. It wasn't directed to God. It became about them making a come up. Y'all know how we say it. About them making some money, a little change, I mean, make a little cash. That's what became the issue. And listen to this, that is still an issue today when we make God's house and God's family, the church, when we make it about money and a hustle and a come up, be careful of those who come just to fleece the sheep. Be careful of those who are not really concerned about your souls, not really concerned about God and worshiping him and leading others to worship him, but they are about themselves. Be careful because this is what causes Jesus to turn over tables. Here it is. Verse 16, let's go further. And he said to those who sold doves, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Now, We've had this, and I know y'all have had this too, that, that people are so, you know, they, they take this scripture and they say, you can't sell chicken at church now. I don't believe in selling chicken either. But let me just be fair. That's not the same as this passage of scripture. If someone is selling chicken and they're trying to, you know, buy them a new suit and a new car, okay, then, okay, then now we can talk. But this is about people who are trying to seek personal gain from the people of God and the place of God, okay? So those that sell chicken, y'all stop saying they're going to hell. They're not going to hell. You know, it's probably a better practice than what they do. But don't be tripping because people sell fish dinners, okay? It's, it's all good. If that's what they choose to do, they smell like fish in Jesus, okay, let them do that. But that's not necessarily a sin. Okay, can I be clear on that? Is that okay? All right, so uh, verse 16 says, and he said to those who sold doves, take these away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. merchandise. Verse 17, then his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. Okay, now, so what does this mean, Pastor? I mean, zeal for your house has eaten me up. Jesus' disciples remember, now, in verse, uh, in Psalm 69 and 9, if you want to write that down, you can. Psalm 69 and 9, which says, because, because zeal for your house has eaten me up, 
and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. What does that mean? That means that because of Jesus's zeal for God and zeal for God's house, zeal for his people, what is it saying? It's saying this is really one of the major doors that opened to Jesus going to the cross. This was one of the major things that got it started, okay, that started Jesus on his way to the cross and these people being against him and wanting to see him dead, wanting to do away with him. Listen, well, if you ever want to make someone mad who are not holy and righteous, mess with their money. Mm, mess with their money. Do something that hinders their salary, do something that hinders their income, do something that hinders uh, the stuff that they can have. Watch this. And so it says this. So now what does this scripture mean? Breaking it down right here, right here. Verse 17, then his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. Now, what is that saying? That's saying they remember that the passage of scripture says, and it talks about the passion of the one that is coming for the house of God, this is really going to cost his life yeah. because he's so passionate about the things of God. Here it is. Let me ask this. If someone wanted to take your life because of your passion about the things of God, would they even take your life? <laughs> Do you even have that type of passion for the things of God? If, 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 that was, if that was a thing about being guilty about the things of God and your love for the things of God, would you even be found guilty? You know, Or are you more concerned about you? Me, myself, and I. I don't know. Y'all old enough to remember that song? You know, me, myself, and I. You know, okay, I'm dating myself. Me, myself, and I. Y'all remember that? Okay. So it's about me, myself, and I. We become in our own world. And guess what? The things of God are not important to us anymore. Okay. So here it is. So verse 18, and we're combing on through this thing, right? We're moving on along, and we're, I think we're getting into it pretty good. Okay. So the Jews answered and said to him, now, here it is. I want y'all to get this. What sign do you show to us since you do these things? So they're saying, hey, look, hold up. You're throwing over tables. You done poured our money out. You done run our animals out in the street. Hold up. What's going on here? What? Where's your, if we were in our current day, we would say, where's your badge? You know, <laughs> what, what, what's your badge number? Who, who are you? What authority do you have that you can do this? Watch this. So they're asking Jesus, like, man, who you think you are? Who told you you can do this? Who put you, you know, the little kid said, you know, who told you the boss of me? You know, here it is. So this is how Jesus answered. Uh, so, so when the Jews asked him that, Jesus, listen, listen to Jesus' answer. Jesus is so smooth. Watch this, verse 19. Jesus answered and said to them, now, he doesn't even answer them. He answered them in a phrase that is veiled, which is kind of a, uh, what we call a, a parable. So this is how Jesus would ask. Because Jesus was so, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm the one. I'm sovereign. I don't have to answer to you. But he does. He usually answers in a way, it, if I could say it the way I would say it. Can I just be me? I, I, sometimes Jesus' answer would make you, make you feel crazy, you know, because his answers are so, so powerful. And it, and it, and it kind of turns a mirror on who you are. Okay, so here it is right here. Jesus answered and said, verse 19, to them, destroy this temple. And in three days, I will raise it up. Wow, that's loaded. What is he saying? I know in your heart what you want to do with me already. <laughs> I know you want to get rid of me already. So listen to this. So it shows that this is going to the cross already because Jesus knows the heart of man. It's going to say that at the, at the end of the passage. He knows the heart of man. He knows now he's getting in their way. And this is going to start the journey to the cross. And so he says, destroy this temple. Watch this. And in three days, I'll raise it up. Now, because this is a veiled phrase, this is a parable. They don't understand it. So they don't really understand what he's saying. And then even his disciples who are with him at the time, they don't even know what he's talking about. But we know Jesus is talking about his body. He's saying, you destroyed this temple. Listen, because I know I'm making you mad. I know you're angry about your money. I know you're angry about your animals. I know you're angry because I'm kind of I'm messing up your business here. He's saying, but when you destroy this temple, my body, he says, guess what? I'll raise it up in three days. Now, they're thinking about the temple, the physical temple that they're in. And they're like, man, hold up. This dude tripping. How is he going to raise? How is he going to rebuild it? It took 46 years. Look at this. Uh, and, and the Jew says, uh, in verse 20, then the Jew said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple. 
And will you raise it up in three days? What? What? Jesus, what are you on? That's that's basically what they tell <laughs> You are tripping. Well, you are out of your mind. What is going on here? But Jesus, again, Jesus sees the end from the beginning. Jesus knows where this is going. Jesus knows in their heart that they are so angry with him, they want to take him out right now. He knows their heart, and he knows our hearts as well. Watch this. So uh, verse 21, coming on through here, verse 21, but he was speaking of the, the temple of his body. We've already discovered that, right? We see that. Verse 22, watch this. Therefore, when he had that out, remember how I talked about the Bible, a lot of times it's always pointing to something. The scriptures we read are a lot of times they're pointing to another scripture. Uh, sometimes in the New Testament point to the Old Testament. Sometimes the Old Testament point to the New Testament, right? Here it is, verse 22. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them. And they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. Now, watch this. This scripture just points to the resurrection. Again, Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, now this is when his ministry just begun. So this scripture points about three and a half years away, showing, okay, because it's trying to prove who Jesus was, trying to prove who he is. I'm sorry, trying to prove who he is. So verse 22 says, therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered, okay, after the resurrection, his disciples remembered this moment. Y'all get it? So at the cross or after resurrection, the disciples remember this moment. They had a recollection. They thought about, oh, wow. When he rose from the dead, they thought about, he said in three days, he would reap it. Oh, he was talking about his body. He was talking about himself. Look at that. So all of this is confirming that Jesus, again, what John, John is trying to point out, that Jesus is God. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Christos. He's the anointed one that God sent to save the world from their sin. So believe it or not, I'm wrapping it up. Verse 23, it says this. Let me see. Did I, did I squeeze 22 for all, it, for all we needed out of it? His disciples remember that he had said this to them and they believed the scripture and the word was Jesus had said. You know how powerful this is, this, this scripture right here. Because of them remembering Jesus's word and it being confirmed, they believed it. And the very ones who believed it is who Jesus used to establish what you and I call the church. Mm -hmm the ecclesia, all in this one scripture, they remembered what Jesus said, they believed the scripture, and because of that, he built the church on what they believed and remembered. Wow. Verse 23, now when he had, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, y'all remember what the Passover is, those that, and if you missed it, uh, go watch it again, watch this, uh, he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast. Many believed in his name when they saw the signs, which he did. So as he was at the uh, as he was at the Passover feast, even longer, it's basically telling us he did more miraculous things as well. And when people saw those signs, listen to this, which he did. You know, it says, uh, I'm sorry. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. Be careful. We only celebrate and believe Jesus for what he does for us. We have to move and mature to a point of believing Jesus just because of who he is. Even if he don't give me a new job, he is who he says he is. I'm going to make this even more personal. Even if he doesn't heal my family member, like I prayed for him to heal them, he is who he says he is. That it cannot be because we cannot base our faith on what he can do for us. But it has to be based on who he is to us. Him as a person. A lot of times we want God's hand but we don't really want his heart. Mm 
A lot of times we want what he can do for us, but we won't even nurture a relationship with him. We won't even pray. We won't even get in our word. But we're saying, y'all, I'm guilty. Don't y'all, don't y'all, don't y'all log off. I'm guilty too. Listen to this. That's not based. Let's not pray more only because we have a need. Mm -hmm. Let's pray because we need him every day. David says this. I love this. I love this song. He says, as the deer panteth after the water brook, so my soul longs for you. Listen to that. David, when he was talking about how he had wronged God and he sinned with Bathsheba, he talks about how he cried. He said, my bed is a pool. <laughs> talking about the tears he cried. Listen to the relationship. God, I wronged you and I can't stand that. So, so this, is what, this is what he's saying here, verse 23, and I'll read it again, and I'm closing out. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. See, it was only as big as the signs. So that means when you're not seeing miracles, that means you don't believe as much anymore. When he's not doing something for you, you don't believe as much anymore. Why? Because your belief is based, your faith is only based on what he can do and what he's done. You know, watch this, verse 24, but Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men. <laughs> That's cold-blooded right there. That is a cold-blooded scripture. He says, but Jesus, verse 24, but Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men. Have you ever had anybody that was trying to link up with you? Maybe even romantically. Somebody was trying to be your boyfriend, be your girlfriend, ask you to marry him, whatever it is. Listen to this. But you didn't even, you didn't even, you didn't pay him no time, you know, in, in my neighborhood, you, you know, it, love. And, and where I'm from, we call it pay him no mind. You didn't pay him no mind. Why? Because you knew who they really were. And this is what Jesus said. It's like, but Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men. He knew their hearts. He knew they were only faithful and hanging around him because of the miracles they saw. There were some, you remember one time Jesus says this, and those that don't know, you may not, but he says, so you follow me for the loaves? That's when he turned the fish, two fish and five loaves into a multitude meal. He says, is that you, you follow me for that? He's like, oh, that's nothing. You, that's, that's why you follow me? Jesus wants us to love him for who he is. Love him because he's lovable and he is love. Watch this. Verse 25. This is the last scripture right here. So if y'all got to go, you can get ready for this one. And had no need that anyone should testify man, for he knew what was in man. You know what that meant? He's saying like, hey, I didn't, even, I didn't need one to tell me about the other. I know them anyway. I know their hearts. I know where they are. And listen to this for us. God don't need your sister or your brother to tell him about you. He knows you. He knows me. And this is what is so sweet about God. This, this is what's sweet. And I hear my wife saying, uh-huh, because I know she knows where I'm going. What is so sweet is God knows everything about us, and he still loves us. God knows where you're crooked. And don't y'all be around here trying to act like you got it all together. God knows when you're lying, when you're not truthful. God knows when you're only worshiping him half-heartedly. One of the things about Caleb in the Old Testament, I love this, this phrase about Caleb. The Bible says, he wholly followed the Lord. His life was committed to the Lord. And I'm saying to us, that's the way we have to live. Jesus is saying, listen, don't don't follow me because I healed you. Don't just follow me because of that. Don't follow me because you got a new job. Because one day the new job is going to be over. <laughs> Y'all missed that. One day the new, the new spouse, the new girlfriend, one day they ain't going to be the new spouse, new girlfriend. One day you're going to see them, you're going to marry them, and one day you're going to see them wake up in the morning. That's too much. Y'all got it. One day they're not going to look like y'all did on the first day. You're not going to look like. So Jesus is saying, love me for who I am. Not just by what I can do, 
but have a sincere love for me. And I'm saying that in relationships. Just how you have to have a sincere love for your spouse, a sincere love for your family. We need a sincere love for God. And if you don't know how to do that, if you're not there, if you don't feel like, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm loving God the way I should. Spend some time, and let me tell you something about prayer. I'm saying spend some time in prayer, but when you spend time in prayer, let me help you. The one of the brothers asked me, I was leading a men's group, and he said, man, how could you pray for an hour? How could you do that? I've heard you say that before. Can I just say something, y'all? When you do all the talking during prayer, you miss it. You're missing the blessing. Because you need to say something, love on it, say the things you need to say, even request. But a lot of your prayer time needs to be you just sitting and listening. You just sitting and, and just let the Lord direct your thoughts. That's, that's prayer time too. And so what am I saying? I'm saying that's how you fall in love with God. Read his word and spend time in prayer. And you'll begin to feel connected to the Lord. Turn things off. Make things quiet sometime and just get on your knees, your face, and just say, Lord, just speak to me. I don't know if y'all feel that, but I feel the power of the Holy Spirit right now as I'm talking. And usually when I do that, I start crying and I'm trying not to cry. But listen to me. Jesus wants an authentic relationship with each one of us. And he wants a relationship that continues to grow. That you can't have the same relationship you had with Jesus 10 years ago. He's looking for something fresh, something real. So, man, this is a great passage, right? When we look at this, Jesus wants real relationship. Be careful that we don't misdirect our worship, like the money changers and the, those that sold the animals. Make sure that we are keeping worship about worship. The church is around Jesus Christ. It's not around the man. Though we're starting, we're starting this church, this online congregation right now, we're doing this. I'm the one teaching, but this is not about me. This is about Jesus. It is about him. And so we have to make sure that we are keeping Jesus in the middle of our worship, right? And, and, and we want to make sure that, hey, we keep, we remember, just like disciples did, they remembered what Jesus said. Let us always remember what he said. And then that's always going to do something special in our hearts, okay? So let me pray for us, and I'm going to bid y'all good night. Man, in a good, quick, to the point, good stuff, squeeze it out, get it for your life, and let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for this word tonight. Thank you, Father, that you are God, that, Lord, we know that you're kind, you're patient, you're long-suffering, you're sweet. Every day with you is sweeter than the day before. Thank you, Lord, that you're gentle. Father, thank you for all of that. But Lord, we are wise enough to understand, but you do get angry. And there's called righteous indignation, where you get righteously angry when things oppose the things of God, when we oppose the things of God, when we make a mockery of the things of God. So Father, would you just help us to correct ourselves and to be careful that we don't mishandle what is sacred, that we don't mishandle what we should give attention to and that we should be uh, 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 careful in. Father, we ask that you would guide our hands and our hearts, that we stay in your will and we keep the main thing, the main thing. Yes. And it's not a thing, it's a who. <laughs> and his name is Jesus. Father, would you just help us to do that? Father, thank you for speaking to us in your word. Lord, I just feel your spirit. Thank you that Holy Spirit you taught. You know, if I could be honest, even in prayer, I, I don't even have the strength to teach the way it's been taught tonight. But thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. And so, Father, I ask that you will continue to, to preach this and teach this in our hearts. And Lord, as David said, that you will hide this word in our heart that we may not sin against thee. Lord, we love you. 
We honor you. We thank you. Lord, I pray for every one of my brothers and sisters that are on the call now or who will either hear this or see this video later. I pray for them that you'll continue to grow their hearts, grow their lives. And Father, that they will prosper in the faith. Lord, they will prosper in life in general. Lord, would you just help us to do that? In the name above every single name, the name of Jesus, we pray. And we all say it. Amen. God bless you, brothers and sisters. So glad that y'all are on tonight. I just want to give a quick update. Um, we are, man, praise God. We got all of our documents, all of our, uh, our account is set up. Go church. I, I text, I text Joy Johnson. I said, go church is alive. Okay. So we are uh, in, in the, with the Secretary of State. We are a definite, though we know we're a body of Christ already, but we are a legal entity as well. And so we're thankful for that. And with that, uh, we do even have Zale now with uh, the, the website, uh, I'm sorry, the email address. You can even Zale uh, your gifts, your tithes, your offering. Uh, if those that are not uh, part of Go Church and you just want to uh, give and sow a seed, you can do that. And, uh, and it is definitely appreciated. And so, uh, so those things are done. Uh, we'll have other platforms uh, being updated. And so, uh, but yeah, the Lord is good. And so there are other things brewing too. I really need you guys praying with us right now because there are some things that are really, really brewing. And I, and I just want you to pray with us uh, about these particular things. We're praying for you, I promise. Uh, we're holding you up in prayer. So listen, we love you. Uh, is there any updates I'm thinking, of, you know, if I'm trying to think, guys, if so, if not, uh, we will see you, Lord willing, if Lord wills, we will see you Sunday morning. Or if you have something uh, you need to talk to us or whatever, y'all know to contact us. So, but listen, uh, we love you here in the Tucker's home, but God loves you best. I promise. Peace and blessings, everybody. Y'all have a good night. Go enjoy your family. Eat late dinner if you hadn't eaten yet. Hey, Brother Donald, good to see your face, brother. Peace and blessings, everybody.